The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Maddie Orlando. And I'm Lauren Orlando. As you probably guessed, we're sisters. And we're also co-hosts of the podcast, The Sister Diary. Every week, we let our listeners into real-life conversations like the ones that we have at home. We have an eight-year age gap, so we always have a different perspective on things, but that makes it pretty fun. We talk about navigating life, growing up on social media, and pretty much anything else that we find interesting. You can catch a new episode of The Sister Diary every Friday. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by writer and content creator Tinks. I love, love, love her content, and you've probably seen it on TikTok. Her Rich Mom videos are always on my For You page. But there is so much more work than you think that goes to creating these videos. So we chat about her career background, how she went from writer to full-time content creator, and the process behind her viral videos. Be sure to follow her at It's Me Tinks on TikTok. And before we start the episode, be sure to subscribe to my podcast. And if you're loving it, leave me a rating and review and check back each Tuesday for new episodes. Now let's hear from Tinks. Okay, so I have to ask because I know that you post your really like diverse upbringing. Where are you actually from? So I was born in Washington, D.C. And then when I was six months old, I moved to London with my parents. So I have both passports and this is very confusing for people. Um, but I consider myself from London. That's my whole childhood where I grew up and that's where my family still lives. Like so many Americans, my parents were like, we'll go for a year. And then they stayed another year. They totally loved it. They had another kid there. They bought a house there and they still live there to this day. So they've lived there for almost 30 years. Um, and I lived in London until I was 18 and I moved to America for university. Someone asked me, like, why do you not have an English accent? And and my sisters are actually half English. They grew up there. They now live in America. Their mom is from England. My dad lived there for like 20 years and they don't have an English accent either. So it's not just you. Funny. No, it is really funny. I, so I went to a British school. So when I was learning to read and write, I had British teachers. So they would be like, okay, the cat sat on the mat. And then I would come home and my mom would be like, the cat sat on the mat. So I was very linguistically confused as a child. And I developed two accents, which is I've heard totally normal for kids because they don't want to be different from their peers or their, their family. So I really had, it, it made play dates very, very difficult, but, but I would speak with a British accent at school and then an American one at home. And then when I moved to America for college, you know, I, I definitely had more of an English accent, but then it kind of just dropped off because I was around American people. And now I've lived in the States for over 10 years. So it makes sense that it kind of dropped off, but I do, I, I can still do it. I use it to make reservations at Nobu. And if I go home, I have a British accent too. I love that. Where did you go to school and what did you go to school for? So for undergrad, I went to Stanford and I studied English literature with an emphasis in Shakespeare and creative writing, minor in science, technology, and society. And then for my master's degree, I went to Parsons School of Design in New York for a degree in fashion journalism. So I wanted something totally different from my undergrad. I mean, I guess it was still writing, but in terms of school style, I wanted something totally, totally different. So had a little bit of both um, and both were interesting and useful in their own way. Way, but I love Stanford so much. It really helped me spread my wings and become the person I am today. So, and then between those two things, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my gosh. I, I went through so many phases and I think 
it's okay to not know exactly what you want to do. Um, and something that I found really helpful very early on in, in my twenties, we had a class at Stanford called designing your life. And the professor said, you know, it's okay if you don't know what you want to do, it's okay. If, you know, people are always saying, follow your passion, follow your passion. And it can feel stressful if you don't know what exactly that is. So he said, instead, follow your curiosity. And that is kind of, I mean, this was a, I've gone off on a tangent here. I actually wanted to be a hairdresser when I, when I was like a five-year-old, but my point is I had a lot of different, I want to be this, I want to be that, but I always just followed my curiosity. And now I'm a 30 year old TikToker. So it's funny how life works. Okay. So you say you're a TikToker, but I know that you do so many more things. So how do you explain what you do for a living now or what exactly are you doing or what is your job? So as of January 1st, I'm a full-time content creator and writer. I think my background is in writing. That's what I went to school for. And before this era of my career, I was a writer and editor um, and I've always loved writing, but I also create a lot of content now. And, you know, sometimes I just say TikToker because it's easier and, and shorter and it's just kind of like, yeah, that's summed up what, what I do day to day, but, um, it is so much more than that. And there are many different facets to my career and I'm excited because I feel like it's just the beginning of this new chapter. So I, I refer to myself as a TikToker lovingly because I think it's funny and people, um, often think of TikTokers as, you know, very talented dancing teenagers, which there are many of them, but, um, I just, I think it's kind of funny because I, I don't fit the mold of the typical TikToker. So social and TikTok is like where I found you, but like, what were you doing pre-TikTok? Like, what was your beginning of social looking like for you? So I, when I, I was in grad school in New York for two years, and while I was in grad school, I was writing and editing. So for magazines like Gotham, Hamptons, Teen Vogue, written a lot for Pop Sugar, which was amazing and fun. So definitely in the content creation realm. And then as I started to cover more, um, I started to cover a lot of new brands and founders because I just think that they're so interesting. And I was so impressed with my generation kind of taking products and problems and solving them and making them better. And so through that, through covering a lot of these brands and interviewing a lot of these founders, I really kind of got to know the ropes. So then I started consulting for these brands on content, which was a really cool way to marry my, my interests together. And that then I moved to LA, was consulting for brands, still writing, and then COVID hit. And obviously none of the brands needed help and no one really wanted articles, especially not the type of articles that I was writing, which are like fun, um, lighthearted pieces. And that's when I found TikTok and that, and I never thought, oh, maybe I'll be like camera facing. Like I always felt like I was super identified as a writer, like behind the scenes. And then I was like, I have nothing to lose. And I'm going honestly nuts. I might as well just try this because I'm enjoying TikTok so much. And it all kind of um, happened from there. So it was a really happy accident. And when did you start your TikTok account? I think I started it in May of 2020. No way. In May? It hasn't even been a year? Yeah. It's so crazy. It's honestly, I'm so, I feel so, so lucky. It's just, you know, it's kind of like with dating, they say, when you know, you know, and and as soon as I started making content, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is more natural to me and more fun to me than any other job I've had. And I've had so many amazing jobs in my twenties, but this just felt totally new and different. And it was just, I was like, this is it. I cannot believe that 
in the last not even year, this has, you know, become your career? Because I feel like you're definitely like I'm your target demographic of person, like of all of the content that you share. And I feel like I kept seeing you come up on my for you page. And then I saw you post the video of the Amazon slippers. And I feel like that was the moment we became internet friends. Completely. I mean, those slippers are actually incredible. And I had followed your content for a while and you know what I like about it so much and what I've learned from you is specificity in terms of your recommendations and I just think that those are so helpful like you don't just say oh this is like the cereal I'm eating you're like this is why I like it and like this is exactly how I prepare it or I like these slippers because and here's the link and it's just like that really super helpful level of recommendation that I was like oh my god this is amazing so then I, I recommended the slippers, you know, via you and people, people freaking love that video. Let me tell you. Do you ever feel like you need to take a chill pill? If you said yes, please, then try Zen Fuel's chill pill supplement, Zen Chill. With two capsules a day, you can finally get the support you need to get calm and carry on. Zen Fuel uses extracts that not only make you calm, but boost focus with traditional Ayurvedic herbs such as ashwagandha, water hyssop, and the intellect tree. And what's so cool about Zen Fuel is they're all about being a holistic wellness brand that focuses on radical transparency from farm to bottle and helping people with a more balanced life. And for the days that you need a boost of energy, try Zen Fuel's Zen Zest Energy Supplement. And if you're trying to cut back on caffeine, this one in particular has a potent amount of green bean coffee extract, which enhances mental clarity, mood, and focus. I love that their ingredients contain zero additives and Zenfuel's founder traveled the world sourcing the most potent Ayurvedic ingredients to ensure each supplement is packed with ingredients that do what they say they'll do with zero fluff and 100% plant-based. So between running our beauty line and my podcast and being an influencer, I guess you can say I'm overwhelmed at times and the last year definitely did a number on my stress levels. So if you're stressed too, I get it, but there's something that you can take and you can add to your toolbox for the days when you need a little bit of help. So try Zen Chill in the afternoon. Zenfuel also has their well-known sleep supplement, Zen Sono, and I'm really excited to try that one next. Zenfuel is giving you 25% off your first purchase using the code Mariana at checkout. Just go to Zenfuel, that's Z-E-N-F-U-E-L.com at checkout and use code Mariana for 25% off. That's Zenfuel.com, Z-E-N-F-U-E-L and Mariana for 25% off. Now let's get back to the episode. I feel like there's like a handful of things that like you associate with you. And it's like the simple modern cup, Amazon slippers. I feel like a tink smoothie now, air one. Like there's a, a couple things that is like, so the brand. And if I had like a tink starter pack, it would be like, it, it would definitely include those things. So when you started on TikTok, did you have a plan or what was the thought process behind creating content or were you just, there was no thought process? So in the very beginning, there wasn't really a thought process, but then as soon as I realized how much I liked it, I thought, okay, TikTok is incredible. It's an incredible platform, but there is a little bit of white space in terms of the content that I want to see. And so some, a piece of advice that I always tell people when they're like, I can't like find my niche or I want to start content creating. I say, create the content that you want to see. And, and that might seem like, oh no, that's too specific. It's what you want to see. But if you want to see it, trust me, other people want to see it. So for me, I was like, wow, there's so much fun comedy on here and there's so much fun dancing, but I don't see a lot of like celebrity gossip. I don't see a lot of um, social commentary. I don't see a lot of silly starter packs. 
And so that's what I start. That was kind of my, my loose strategy. I just sort of started making content that I wanted and I leveraged my, um, you know, my journalism background. And I, I kind of viewed it as a journalistic challenge, right? Because you have one minute to get a story across. You have one minute to make people laugh or persuade them of something or get your point across. And so it was like a, a fun little challenge that I, that I created for myself. I love that you, you speak about that because it really is like taking all of the experience that you had before and putting into the job that you have now, because I think when you see it, it it looks so effortless when you're posting it. So what was the moment that it took off for you or where did it turn from a hobby to a job? Oh gosh. I, you know, I, I, it started to gain steam pretty quickly and I, you know, I was on a walk with a friend in I think August and I just posted my first vlog. And the reason that I, I, you know, I have many different formats that I do on TikTok, but I just am a deeply nostalgic person. So I thought, oh, it would be fun to remember this, you know, crazy time in the world. I'll vlog. And I I got this feeling and, and I was just explaining to my friend, oh my gosh, I love this so much. And he said, if I gave you a billion dollars, would you still make TikToks? Would you still make videos? And I was like, I, I would want to do this every day for the rest of my life. And then he was like, okay, you have to, you have to work hard and make this your full-time job. And I hadn't even considered it at that point. Cause it was like, you know, only two months into it. I was like, this is just a fun hobby for me. This is, you know, while COVID's going on and then, it, you know, something clicked. I was like, you're absolutely right. This is, this is what I want to do. So more practically than the steps I took to become full-time content, I wrote a list of what I would need in order to make that shift, to let go of my other clients, to stop um, freelance writing for, as a source of income. I wrote this list of like super, it could be really small things like get a manager, figure out like a budget, like figure out what, what equipment I need, like a really exhaustive list. And then I set a timeline and, and my goal was, I told my friends, I was like, okay, you know, within a year, I wish I could be full-time content, but my secret goal was January 1st. And that's, and that's what I did. So I, I just, I really find sometimes if you're working towards a big goal, writing a really specific detailed mini list of goals under it can be a great starting point because then you can cross them off. Like one goal can be as small as I need a tripod and a ring light. And then that's your project for one day. So it feels way less daunting. And it feels like there's many chunks that you can break off to work towards your bigger goal. I have to ask, because one of the things that you include in your vlogs is your dating (laughs) adventures. Do the guys ever get like nervous about being included in a vlog? Are they like, why are you filming at dinner? Oh my God. Yes. I've, I've had so many ups and downs with the dating and the vlog and being on TikTok in general. I, you know, had a lot of relationship drama last year that I made, I made it public on TikTok. I didn't say their names, but you know, everybody knew the characters. And I think, I think it does put a weird spin on things and it can feel funny. I mean, both of the guys that I dated last year were great sports about it. Um, but now that it, that it feels a little, like a little bit of a bigger thing, I definitely get guys asking me like, Oh, are you going to put me in the vlog or, Oh, am I this guy? Or what's my nickname going to be? And honestly, I'm still figuring that out because I love being honest with my TikTok community. It's really just feels so natural to me. Um, but I also understand that it can be like, a bit daunting to date me then because everything's going to end up on TikTok. Do you feel like you have a good work-life balance of like what you put online versus like having boundaries of having like a private life? Or are you like, it's, I'm all good. Everything's online. It's fine. I have made the choice for everything to be online. And that's something that people who date me 
should know. And even if they don't want to be, you know, so much online, I've kind of come to the realization that that's who I am. And, you know, for a while I was like, oh, it's, it's the cool thing to do to be private. It's the cool thing to do to, you know, have, have these boundaries. But for me, this is what I've chosen for right now. And this is who I am. So, I mean, whether, whether this is the right choice in the long run remains to be seen, but for now, yeah, it's, it's, my, my honesty is a big part of my platform and, and my transparency. So we'll see how long this, this keeps <laughs> up for. <laughs> okay. So speaking of your brand, what is the Tinks brand and how would you describe yourself and your content? Oh gosh. I think first and foremost, I always say my community, we're a little bit of everything. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We love to laugh. We love a good product recommendation. We're go, 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 you know, living life to the fullest at a million miles an hour. We like celebrity gossip. We like to be smart and informed. We have opinions. It truly is a little bit of everything. And that's kind of, again, to bring it back to, to, you know, my content strategy, I kind of, I kind of deliver content that I want to see, which is a little bit of everything, but you know, the main pillars are rich mom culture, very, very important and key to my brand product recommendations, celebrity gossip and recap, and kind of social commentary, I guess you would say. Yeah. And along with that social commentary, I know you just posted about this recently because it was the golden globes and how do you share your thoughts on things without offending people or, or cause it's almost like I saw that you posted, you're like, I want to give my commentary, but I also don't want to upset the people that follow me. Cause maybe their stylist or manager or somebody's here. So how do you keep it honest and authentic, but not piss people off? Gosh, it is really difficult. And I think that in the beginning, you know, a year ago, I, I was no one. And I, I literally said whatever I wanted. And I think that that authenticity resonated with people, but now truth be told, I have had some awkward situations where I'll say something and my manager will say, oh yeah, that got back to this so-and-so or someone really famous will be like, oh, I was watching your TikTok. And I'm like, shoot, you see this. And now it's just this whole other level of, you know, having to be smart about it. So for me, I I had a great, great advice from, from a, a friend of mine. He was like, just, he was like Joan Rivers. She said what she said. And Joan Rivers is a a big idol of mine. He was like, just, just imagine yourself in a room at a party with whoever you're talking about. If you would feel comfortable in a room with them at a party, then it's probably okay. If not, then you've gone too far. So that's kind of my gut check, you know? And I think, I think that there's a way to be smart and funny without being mean. So that's also always my guiding light. Mm -hmm. I never want to be mean, always want to be smart and funny. Listen, sometimes I freaking hate someone's outfits. Sometimes I think someone's golden globes dress is a total bomb. And I'm okay with saying that, but you know, never attacking someone's like character or their worth. That's a step too far. So smart and funny, not mean is, is my Mm -hmm. guiding light. And have you always been funny or is this just like naturally your personality? Oh, all that childhood trauma really paid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I think I have always been performative. I've, well, one thing I'll say is my friends, um, close to me say, you know, the great thing is you haven't changed at all. You're the exact same person. You just, more people see it now. I've been doing rich moms on social media for years, but nobody saw them. So, um, I like to say that I've, this has kind of always been me and now I'm just showing myself to the world, which is a really nice feeling. 
taking a break to tell you about one of my favorite LA brands of curated staples for looking and feeling your best, Jenny Kane. I love their pieces from my wardrobe to my home, and it's so perfect for my style because it's effortless and elevated. So when I get dressed in the morning, my go-to look is usually leggings and it's sweater, chic slides. So their site is a one-stop shop for my entire outfit. They have timeless classics and beautiful neutrals, which you know I love, and they are always comfortable while still being stylish. Jenny Kane is your go-to shopping destination for all things classic and cozy, and I'm obsessed with everything there, but not just for myself. It's when I need gifts too. So whenever I need something for a chic friend, a new mama, or a housewarming gift, it's always like where I go to. Jenny Kane believes that getting dressed should be the easiest part of your routine, and with polished basics and home pieces that never go out of style, it really makes everyday moments a breeze. You'll be sure to find pieces on there that are perfect for so many different seasons, well past spring and for years to come. Jenny Kane shoes and slippers are always a staple in my closet from lounging at home to running errands. Their mules come in leather, suede, shearling, and more, and is the classic shoe that started it all for the brand. They are so effortless, comfortable, and make your entire outfit look so put together. I'm also so into their knits, fisherman, and cocoon from cashmere to cotton. The cozy sweaters are lightweight and luxe, and you'll want to wear them through so many seasons, and they're definitely pieces you'll keep in your closet for so many years. Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com and use my promo code LIFE for 15% off your first order. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com with my code LIFE for 15% off your first order. Now let's get back to the episode. When you're creating all of this content, where do you get this inspiration from? I love the internet. So I wake up, I know this is not what you're supposed to do, but I literally wake up wipe the drool off my face and start scrolling. I love consuming content. I have the TV on, I have a podcast going. I'm always consuming content from everywhere. And that's where a lot of the inspiration comes. But, you know, also from just walking around, I'm lucky that I live in LA. There's so much good fodder. There's so much good people watching. There's so much good, you know, so many things to comment on that are so funny. So just the world around me is where I, where I I get my inspiration from. And I, and I do spend a lot of time online. My, my screen time is like 11. It's It's fine though. Cause it's your job though. So it's like, I always want to get my screen time down, but I'm like, realistically, I can't because I need to post on the internet and I need to be on the internet for my job. So I can only get it down so much. And we're all working remote right now still. So it's like, I'm on my phone all day. Okay. So you talked about rich mom content, which I love. It's either my future life where I feel very related. It's like, this is so relatable. I'm like, of course, this is where I eat in Aspen. Like right? that's where I go in I New York. Know. I'm like, this is so specific to me, or it's very specific to my friends that live in these places. So every single time I just love it. How do you research your rich mom content or like knowing like, especially like down to like the neighborhoods? So for some of them, I mean, so I've lived right after college, I lived in San Francisco and then I lived in New York and then now I live in LA and I obviously grew up in London. So I I've been lucky to live in a lot of uh, major cities and kind of just absorb that culture and absorb, you know, what makes one of those big cities, a big city, but then I'll have consultants like for the Miami one, I called my girlfriend, Jenna in Miami. And I was like, I need to know the details. I need specifics. I need, you know, where they eat. I need what car. And it's really fun. And now I think people like it. And, you know, I have all my friends all over America being like, I'm your consultant for Dallas. And whenever you decide to do this rich mom, I'm here for you. And it's kind of just like a little fun project, but the details are what makes it. So I I actually really enjoy the research part of the rich mom content. 
I love it. And a new starter pack. I feel like you've started doing, maybe there's only one up so far. It's your influencer starter packs. Yeah. They're so fun. And I mean, gosh, I, and I feel like now more than ever, I'm kind of in that world and I get a front row seat to it. So it's even more fun. And I'm just, I kind of just like to gently tease, you know, the, the tropes that I see out there. And, And I mean, I am a basic white girl. Like I am quote, quote, an influencer, some people would say. So I feel okay gently making fun of them because it's such a um, relatable kind of silly thing anyway. And then you were talking about um, researching those like rich mom stories and reaching out to people. But when you're recording these videos, are you pre-planning and pre-writing a script or what's your process? Or are you ever just like just talking? So it depends on the format. For, for something like a rich mom or a starter pack, I will write it out first. And, and it's like joke writing. I mean, it, it, it's genuinely like writing a little mini skit and I'll have to kind of marinate on it for a few days and make sure that the jokes are going to be right. I mean, sometimes I literally just wake up and I open TikTok and record and I truly wish I didn't because there's some genuinely heinous looking TikToks of me on the internet, but some of them are more off the cuff. But yeah, I, I write them like a script and a I write the jokes and make sure that each line is perfect, which I mean, not to bring it up, which is why it can be so hurtful if people like copy the jokes because I'm like, I, I spent time. I didn't just like roll out of bed and do that. I, I was, I wrote a script board and everything. So it, it depends on the format, but for the, for the more detailed ones, I definitely plan it out sometimes weeks ahead. I know TikTok is all about like crediting the creator. And so if somebody does like rich mom, but they're not copying your jokes or anything. Do you want people like that to still credit you like inspo from you? Or is it like, okay, there's a, it's a totally different thing. So I don't mind. I think, you know, I will be totally honest. If it's a rich mom thing, I think I would. It's yours. (laughs) It's your thing. Anything else, totally, you know, have at it. But rich moms, gosh, I've been talking about rich mom culture for like six or seven years. So that's, that feels like a, like a me thing, but everything else have at it y'all. I I love, I think, you know, I love to inspire people. I love when people write me and say, Oh, I got a mini mic or, Oh, this and that. I, I absolutely love it. If I can be someone's reason for creating content, nothing brings me greater joy. That is to me like such an honor and a privilege to be someone's inspiration. So, but yeah, rich mom thing. I feel like it's definitely your thing. I like associate it with you. That's what I was like, <laughs> I have to ask because I've seen some other ones on TikTok. And then one of the other things that I love about you is that you're pretty honest. You're really open, even on the days you're not feeling great or you're anxious or upset. Was it hard for you to be that open and vulnerable online? You know, I think if I had started this earlier in my life, it would have been difficult, but I'm 30 now. I turned 30 in September and it was a real turning point for me. I don't even know exactly how to talk about it because I sound a little bit woo woo, but it was like right around my 30th birthday. I just stopped caring so much. And it was this wonderful, magical feeling where I was like, I can do and say whatever I want. And it doesn't matter. I I can detach from the outcome and I can just be honest. And, and that's cool. Now that's really, that's what I find cool and inspiring. So yeah, I, I don't know if everybody will have the same experience, but for me, my, my twenties were a time of high highs and low lows. And, and when I hit 30, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I'm supposed to be honest so that I can help other people specifically. I hope to help 
other women and girls who are younger than me be honest and be vulnerable and and be their true selves and and realize the power that that can harness. My 30s are way better than my 20s. Like I feel like, yeah. and then within my 30s, I feel like each year just keeps getting better and better. And so do you have any advice for women in their 20s? I know it's like, it was such a difficult time for all of us. I don't know anyone who was like, my 20s are perfect. I know it's so funny because I feel like your 20s are so mismarketed. Like, at, you know, when you're younger, people are like, oh, your 20s are so crazy and wild. And I, I think my advice would be take the pressure off of yourself to have this take the pressure off of yourself full stop in your 20s. You don't need to feel pressure to get married, to start your own company, to be making a million dollars a year. Just remove the pressure because it is a decade of discovery and and growth. And, and if you don't have it figured out, that is okay. And I wish that more people had been like, hey, it's totally fine that you're not married with three kids living in the suburb tanks and that you instead have moved like 49 times all across America and had 16 different jobs. Like it's, it's fine. It's going to work out. Um, and the other thing that I say all the time is, Comparison is the thief of joy, which is related to what I just said. But seriously, this is the best advice I can give you in your 20s. Stop comparing. It just it robs you of your joy and it's it's a waste of energy. That might be the best thing I've heard. Your 20s are mismarketed because I feel like yeah. that's so accurate. Like you think it's supposed to be one thing, but really in my 20s, it was like every year I had a new job. I was trying to figure it out. I was like broke. I thought I was supposed to do all these things. Cause I think growing up, you're like, okay, when I'm 30, I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to have kids and all these things. And then I got, kept getting closer. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not anywhere near ready to have kids. I'm not anywhere near ready to do these things. And I'm still not, and I'm in my mid thirties now. Totally. And it's, it's just, I want to know who, you know, your twenties have an amazing publicist because I thought it was going to be this like fabulous decade. And instead I was like, as you said, broke and like totally having a new job every year and just feeling so lost. And now that I'm 30, I just feel like I can breathe. I feel more, more like myself than I ever have. I feel more comfortable with myself. I feel more grounded, sexier. It's just, it's, actually been a really amazing transformational year. So I'd say just, just, you know, keep your eyes wide open in your twenties, work hard, be nice to people, but truly don't compare yourself to anybody and don't worry because, um, you still have so much time to figure it out. Let's pause for a second to talk about stress. I've always got so much going on and my mind is racing with a never ending to-do list. This is where magnesium comes in. Magnesium supports over 300 essential functions in the human body, regulating mood, brain function, fatigue, nerve and muscle health, as well as our physical response to stress. You can incorporate it so easily into your daily routine with Mellow. It is a magnesium super blend and you can use it daily for mind, body, and mood. Mellow is specifically formulated to replenish your body's magnesium levels at a cellular level, simply and naturally while regulating feelings of stress and anxiety and the physical symptoms that come along with them. As many as 75% of U.S. adults do not get the magnesium they need in a day, and magnesium deficiency can lead to issues that create more issues, including mood disorders, sleep problems, muscle cramps, and the inability to absorb essential vitamins and nutrients like vitamin D. By adding it into your daily routine, the benefits for the mind are it improves memory and brain function, for the body, facilitates nerve health, muscle health, and restful sleep, and for your mood, it regulates physical stress responses and decreases anxiety. 
If you want to check out Mellow, we have a special offer for my podcast audience. Go to helloned.com slash life or enter life at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash life to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thanks. And now let's get back to the episode. It is so hard to grow on Instagram and other platforms, but TikTok really can create careers for people in such a short amount of time just by creating really amazing content that gets served out to a lot of people. So if you're new to TikTok, how do you grow on there or how can you stand out or is there even a way to get on the For You page? Yeah. So I would say, first of all, you are so right. I think that with TikTok, no matter if you have zero followers or a million followers, you have an equal chance of getting on the for you. It's really egalitarian in that sense. So my best practical tips for someone new on TikTok is number one, find your niche. So whatever you're good at, are you good at dancing? Are you good at cooking? Are you good at explaining the current political situations? I mean, seriously, honestly, the more specific, the better. There are some really niche. Okay. I'll give you an example. Right now I'm on oatmeal TikTok and there's this guy, this you know, I think he's in his teens. He's amazing at making oatmeal and he makes all these different oatmeals. That's his niche. And people are obsessed with him because he's so good at it and he loves what he does. So find your niche and work on content within your niche. And then number two, be consistent. I know it can be frustrating when you're putting so much time and effort in and you you don't feel like you're getting on the for you page or your views, your videos aren't getting views, but keep up with it. I would say set a time limit, say, I'm going to post every single day for 21 days and see what happens. Consistency is key. And the algorithm does favor posting every 24 hours, keeping up with it. So those are my two really top tips. And then I feel like your Instagram is growing too, like simultaneously. So do you find that people are finding your Instagram from your TikToks or how are you growing that platform at the same time? Gosh, I don't, (laughs) <laughs> to be honest with you, my manager's going to be like, um, what the heck tanks, but I don't really have a strategy with Instagram. I, I honestly, now it's more of just a, a melting pot of content from other places that I put on there. The thing that I'll say about tick about Instagram rather is that I feel like I'm very close to my followers on Instagram. Like I can talk to them and I love doing that. Like I love responding to DMS. I love doing, ask me anything. So I guess my non-strategy strategy is just to use it as a as a a vehicle for conversing with my my audience which I love so much and I just feel um I don't know whether it's cuz I have less followers on Instagram or it's just the the comments and the DMs and the ask me anything but I just feel like I can really communicate with people well on there so I I do think that that's helping as well. So you were able to turn this hobby of creating content but I, I wouldn't even really say that because you had a background in journalism. So it's like you went into it with intention, but how are you able to turn it from creating content for free into creating content into like now being able to make an income from it? So I, one of the things on my list that I spoke about before, obviously I need to make money. And I was like, okay, I am not good at negotiating. I'm not good at organizing. I'm, I'm actually not good at any of that stuff. So I need to get a manager. So I have a manager and together we um, sat down and we made a plan and we talked about, you know, what kind of brand deals that I would, I would be interested in. And I'm really lucky that I get to work with amazing brands and help them tell their stories through my 
content and that's how I make an income. And I've been so, so, so beyond lucky to work with brands that I'm obsessed with. I, you know, I think we mentioned before, like I'm a very honest person. And if I love something, I shout it from the rooftop. So that's definitely helped because the brands that I shout about were like, Hey, you shout about us anyway, we should work together. So consistency is key with you. Like I could list right now. It's like sweet green, Spotify, Diplo, Tesla, tequila, um, barefoot dreams. Like I sound obsessed with you. Cause I'm like, I feel like I can list all of the things that you love, but that's why I think like by default, you make a really good influencer because you're consistently talking about the same brands and things all the time. So when you throw us a promo code or a link, or you do work with them, it's like, okay, no, this is genuine. And then when you're working with a brand, like you did something with skims and Spotify, Spotify, I use your lo-fi at home, work from home playlist. I have it on all the time. And so when you worked with Spotify, it's like, this is so on brand for you. Yeah. I, I was really lucky in that sense because I, without realizing, I genuinely didn't know that this is how things would go. And I just naturally have always, if I love something, I like want everybody to know because I want them to have a good experience too. And so I was without realizing it, laying this great foundation by talking about um, all the brands and the products that I love so much. And now closing the loop, I'm lucky to get to work with them. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, it, that's another practical tip, as you said, is consistency. Um, I, you know, I think it's really, there, there obviously is so much noise out there. So if you love something, be consistent about talking about it. Um, and, and that can help. The income part is like the fun part. We see a lot of that online, but what is the hardest part about making the content behind the scenes? And because it's you, can you even really delegate anything? Are you having to do everything yourself? I right now I'm doing everything myself. I would say the hardest part is you're just not in the mood to film. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to film. Yeah, I get it. Um, and I, this is a whole new life and world for me. And I think just organizing my day is really, really difficult for me because And I used to be this way about writing too. Like sometimes I'd be on deadline for a magazine or something and I'd be like, wow, it's tomorrow. I've always been a procrastinator. And I think it's, it's amplified with like creative things because sometimes you're just not in the mood and then you're like, well, I'm not in the mood, so I can't do it. Um, so that to me is kind of the hardest thing. It's just like staying on top of everything and being organized. I'm just not an organized person, which sucks, but I, (laughs) I'm working on it. Well, everything is great and I love it. Um, I want to get into a few like Tink's things I'm calling it because yeah. I feel like there's a couple things that I just like love about you and your life. So these are questions people asked. And then I, I feel like I can't even answer this question, but what's better, New York or LA? God, it is the eternal question. Um, you know, the lifestyle in LA is incredible, as you know, like the weather, the the food, everything is so fresh. The sunshine certainly doesn't hurt. But the energy and the people in New York are so incredible. I mean, that's why they call it the greatest city in the world. It's exhausting and stressful and dirty and cold, but the energy is, it's just unmatched. So it's good, good and bad, you know? I agree. I think in LA, I like like my home life and it's very relaxing and I love the weather, but in New York, I have more fun. I love the lifestyle there. It's hustle and go, go, go. But I think too, like LA is so spread out. So you have to like really commit to like seeing someone or meeting up with somebody. But in New York, it's almost like, Hey, I'm here. I could pop in and see you. And because everyone's like in a closer area together, you almost see more people and do more things because it's almost more, just more convenient. 
Completely. You're running around. Exactly. I literally just said this in a vlog two days ago. Like you're running around and you're like, oh, I'm in the West Village. Oh, okay, same. Come, come stop for a coffee. Say hello. Okay. Running here. You can just do so much more. And whereas in LA, it's like you plan two weeks in advance to see someone and then they flake on you anyway. And you're just like, yes. okay, I don't, I don't even know. Like, what's, it's like, <laughs> and that's very much the vibe. It's so funny in, in LA. I mean, you know, people joke like, Oh, no one in LA does anything, but it's true. Like some, you know, people will just, they'll go to lunch and that's like their whole day. And in New York, people are like, Oh, I woke up, I ran a marathon. I went to work. I went uptown. I did this. I went to the zoo. It's like, Oh my God, how did you have time to do all that? But it's just the mobility and the energy and the go, go, go. So I I love both. There's good things in both cities. Same. I do too. And I missed it because I was going at least like two times a month for work and I haven't gone in now a year and I can't wait to be able to go back again. Cause it was really like my second home. So I can't wait to go back. I'm very jealous you're there. And what is the day in life after you wake up and start scrolling on the internet? What do you do after that? Okay. So I wake up and actually the first thing I do is I always walk to get a coffee. It's like my form of meditation, no matter where I am in New York or LA, I will walk and I usually get if I'm in LA, I'll get Alfred or Starbucks. If I'm in New York, I'll get Jack's. And that is, and I have to just like listen to music for 20 minutes and just like wake my brain up and then check emails, call my manager, see what I have to do for the day. Oh, then I'll, I'll try to walk. I'll try to do like either Runyon Canyon if I'm in LA or I'll do like a treadmill thing in New York. I'm a big walker right now, like both outside and up a mountain on the treadmill, wherever. Um, and then I'll make breakfast and I do my, I do my Kelly Lebeck smoothie and I I'm a big breakfast person. I, I absolutely have to eat breakfast. Otherwise I feel like I'm snacking for the whole day. And then I start to work and then I check all the, check the numbers. I always joke that it's kind of like when you're a content creator, it's like being in the stock market, you check the numbers <laughs> in the morning, you're like, are we up? Are we down today? How are the views doing? Uh, and that can, great badly affect my mood sometimes, but I do it anyway. So, oh, and I dry brush. I've been into dry brushing lately in the morning. I don't know if it does anything, but Gwyneth Paltrow does it. So I'm going to do it too. That's a great day. I love that stock market in the morning. That's exactly what it's like. Okay. So I know you've got to work with a lot of brands that you love now. Are there any dream partnerships um, of people you haven't got to work with yet? I mean, I think I would love to do more stuff with any of Kim Kardashian's brands. I just admire her so much as a businesswoman. I was so, I mean, lucky to do Skims. I could not believe that I got to do a video for them. That was an incredible pinch me moment. So I, I think just working, working more with her would be on my, on my goal list. That would be absolutely fantastic and amazing because she's just, I admire her, her business acumen so much. And I think she makes products that are really well thought out and well-planned. Agree. She's amazing. And then there's like larger things you've been doing now and Tink Smoothie available at Erwan is one of the things. So are there more things you want to do like that, like more meaningful partnerships with brands? Yeah. You know, that was such a cool, I mean, again, a moment of just intense gratitude. I, I mean, for everybody who doesn't know, Erwan is a grocery store in LA. There's six of them in LA and it's like the most magical, beautiful place on earth with the best food. And it, everybody's so nice there. And I talk about them a lot in my content and they came to me and they were like, you know, we want to thank you for everything that you've done. And, um, I was in a New York interview for a New York times article about them. And I, they were like, what's on your wish list?" And I was like, I just want a smoothie because I love 
your smoothie so much. And they were like, oh, we can do that. No problem. So that kind of thing where it's like not necessarily a huge like global brand, but it's just so meaningful. I enjoyed that experience so much and getting to design the smoothie. So I would love to do more things in that, in that vein of just kind of like really meaningful partnerships that, you know, maybe more local. Like I love the local aspect of it that it was just in LA. So definitely would love to do more things like that. It was a really special experience. So last question is what is next for you? What's next in the career? What are you working on? And someone asked if you're going to start a podcast. I think people would think I'm nuts if I said my entire list of goals, but I want to keep creating, I think is, is the highest level in, in, many different forms. I think I want to explore different formats. I want to reach more people and build my audience and continue to, how should I say, surprise and delight my surprise and delight my followers um, every day and keep making people laugh. So I want, I, I want to do it all and definitely feel that there is a book or two in my future and really the sky's the limit. So I'm just, I'm just grateful to be here. I know that's, Sounds so silly to say, but I am just really grateful and and I can't wait to just to just keep building. So we'll see. Well, I love your content. Love following you. Where can everyone follow you on all your platforms? I am It's Me Tinks on all platforms. I-T-S-M-E-T-I-N-X. It's Me Tinks. And thank you for having me. I admire you so much. And this was a total, total pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.